Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Hey guys, it's Ruben from Dub. We're on the Connection Loop podcast. Um, I'm here with Craig and Gosh, we're, we're going to get into some deep stuff here. So Craig is a world-renowned futurist, and we just started out a conversation talking about the stock market and the future of life as we know it, work as we know it, so many interesting things we're going to get out of this. Craig, I'd love to get your take on what is happening right now and what the future looks like. We need to hear this from a futurist. Yeah, well, everybody's worried about this little blip that we're going through, and yes, it is a tragedy. It's a human tragedy but also we've got some hope. Let me give you the hope. Because of the rise of the fourth industrial revolution that we'll be talking about, I'm sure, uh, this is the hope that you should feel. Years and years ago, we had another virus. I know people that were involved with trying to identify this virus. They didn't know what it was. It took them two years to identify and isolate the virus, the virus is called, it's still around, AIDS. And it took them two years to isolate that. People forget that. It took three years, count it, three years before we had a treatment. We didn't have a vaccine. We had a treatment, a collection of drugs that could treat it. It took three years before that. Let me give you the next data point to have hope. We identified this in spite of the Chinese government saying it didn't exist. We identified it, isolated it in seven days. Count it, seven days. We gene sequence it thanks to not Moore's law, but the seven or eight times faster development of Moore's law, which is called the biotech law now, Uh. right? We gene sequenced it in three days. And in fact, many, many of the tests, what people don't know, we need more tests. We need more tests, right? They're all focusing. We don't have more tests. Here's the great news. The great news is because of the crash of the cost of genetic testing, and that's what we're doing when we're doing tests. We actually, if you'd want to know how testing works, it's actually they test for one gene. And if they find that gene, then they do a deeper scan and look for four others. And if they got those four others on top of that first one that's the indicating gene, then they know that you've got the coronavirus. Has anybody told you this, Ruben? You know what? This is this is slightly news to me. Uh, this is really interesting information. Please keep talking. Okay. And so here's the good news. The cost of doing that first genetic sequencing of the human genome, how much did it cost? You may have heard. $3 billion. What is the cost today to do that gene scan? 10 cents. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hope. So here's my message of hope. I mean, we're already in human trials. We might have some drug combinations. You may have heard about some of those that will be helpful. It's not a vaccine, but helpful for treating the effects of the virus, not unlike what we discovered, combinations of drugs when treating AIDS. So we've been this through this before. There was a blip before, but we continued on, didn't we? Now, it's a scary thing to think that AIDS is still around us and people are dying from it still every day. But do we really need 2.5 billion news stories when there are more people dying of malaria every day. There are more people dying of many other diseases than than the virus right now, this virus, the coronavirus. And I just have to tell you, there is hope and we'll be coming out of this. And I got an email from a, a makeup company, a global makeup company and from Shanghai. And what did the email said? Well, we are living in a new reality. Our behavior has changed and we're emerging from the virus. We're all working from home, but we have to continue to invest in leadership development. Craig, are you good with presenting remotely? I said, 
remotely. <laughs> you have me at hello. I've been doing this for 20 years. Yes, <laughs> this is a new normal for many people, but I've worked for remote-only companies for decades, for decades. Uh, I've been remote-only for decades, and I've been in live events, which, as you know, has been decimated, but virtual events are booming right now. And so you have to say, am I focused on the future? Am I changing what I'm doing? Am I being led? Am I hopeful? And we know that human ingenuity and technology will help us get through this faster than ever before. I mean, we're, we've got 35 different companies that are publishing their data collaboratively on Amazon Web Services right now. It's happening right now. When they sequenced the, the genome of the coronavirus, they published it for free. And all these companies all around the world said, we might know how to treat it. About a third of them are genetic treatments. A third of them are drug combinations. And a third are other treatments. And if you want to know more about that, you can just Google 35 clinic, different clinical trials happening right now, clinical and soon human trials. So uh, I have to say, you know, thanks to the rise of the fourth industrial revolution and the, the fusion of big data, artificial intelligence, gene sequencing, the bio, biological side, we're going to fix this major problem and we're going to continue our way up and into the future. We really are. This is, this is an immense message of hope that I think a lot of us need to hear right now because... Yeah. A lot of us are living in fear right now, and fear is what is it? It's false evidence appearing real. Sometimes it's a mind killer, I, but I but not always. It's a mind killer. <laughs> yeah, but not always is it that false evidence. Sometimes it's real evidence, and that's where and that's why we're we're all home right now. And yeah, and I think interestingly enough, uh, for the probably minus the speaking gigs that you do and the keynote speeches that you do, I presume the vast majority of your life is probably the same. <laughs> It is, but uh, but listen, when you fly 200 times a year, it gets really boring. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, And yeah. it's not very sustainable. And for years, I was saying to my clients, your audience knows me. They trust me already. We've built trust and rapport. Can next time, do I not have to fly to Abu Dhabi? Right. You could save $5,000 in business class airfare plus hotels and transfer. Please, can I turn up on the big screen? And right. people can chat with me. And you know what you can do? You can stick me out on a monitor in the lobby and I can have the futurist is in. People can sit with me and chat with me one-on-one -on -one for the rest of the afternoon. I'm happy to do it because I don't have to fly 23 right. hours to get to you. And do you know how many companies took that up, Ruben? 1%. Mm 1% -hmm. took it up. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's going, oh, how do you do that? <laughs> Right. right. So it, well, uh, we're, we're going to merge through this with a new way of working and people are going to find out, wow, this is really cost effective and a better way of working. <laughs> I think we'll continue working this way. Well, you know, you know, the other thing that gives me hope right now is that there's a lot of people that are in the coaching space, that are in the keynote space, in the speaking kind of education space, um, even the even the agency space. And a lot of those people are freaked out right now. They're freaked they out. You know, what's interesting is that when I'm looking at some of the data on my side from the dub ecosystem perspective, is that we we noticed a, a huge, huge boost in our business. And we're not trying to come at this from a capitalistic perspective. We're we're coming at this from a we want to support, we want to help, like all hands on deck, you know, free and limited storage for the foreseeable future. So we're doing a lot of those things. But what we're also seeing is some people are saying, I need to cancel everything. Please cancel my account right now. Yeah. And I'm seeing that. And that's real. And I respect that. And we don't mess with people. We say, look, we get it. That's totally cool. But there are kind of, I think, two avenues that people are pursuing right now. One of them is a survival. It's a, it's a freeze. It's a fight. It's a flight. It's something like that where we just need to say, look, we need to just stop doing what we're doing. And then the other perspective, I think, which is much less, is where you're coming from. And where you're coming from is this is an opportunity for us. Now, again, we're not going to be opportunistic about the fact that there's a global pandemic right now that's killing No, it's a human tragedy. It's a human tragedy. And I, I really need to start with that. But at the same time, 
you know, we, we do need to continue on. The show must go on. And we need to, people like yourself that are evangelisms, evangelists <laughs> of hope need to carry on. And I think that this message really here is that this is an opportunity for us to go into a creative place and to say, how can I change my business? Yes, absolutely. And some are. And so um, we have a chain of office supply stores here in Australia, where I live, and they've just had a $10 million weekend. And it wasn't people trying to buy toilet paper. Or, you know, that wasn't it. What was a run on? Ergo ergonomic chairs, mm. <laughs> stand-up desks, yeah. and, and, and monitors. They were right. selling monitors like there's no tomorrow. Why? Because you've been at the office and you have dual screen monitors, tri-screen monitors. And when you go home, you can't work like that anymore. You need to have you need to have those three monitors. And so they're going through the roof. And so whenever there's a downside, there's an upside. Yeah. And if your business like mine, all of my future events were canceled. And so you know what I'm doing right now, Ruben? I'm launching two new businesses. <laughs> One at home services to help people have a calm, uh, soothing environment in their home environment. So I'm advising a startup. It's not my startup, but they're engaging me on uh, to be their futurist in residence. And we're launching right now. And guess what people are wanting? They're saying, come and make my garden a peaceful place to be. I want to be not in the home office all the whole time. I want to go out the back and do my Zoom call in the garden. Can you help me set up my garden so I can work outside while we're on lockdown? And, of course, the, the inquiries are going through the roof. And the other thing is investing in the future. Mm. So uh, I've been helping another business person for six years help his clients invest in the fourth industrial revolution. And right now, what are they doing? I have to tell you, Ruben, they are buying. Yeah. They are not selling. They are buying. Right. Not opportunistically because these clients are very particular clients. These are clients who are investing in the future. <laughs> Join right. us. Join us. And because that's the future right there. Right. And if we we cower down and say, shut down everything. And yes, we do need to cancel some subscriptions that maybe we were not making use of. But right now, people are trying to communicate in video. And that's why your business has this uptick, right? Because this is the new normal. This is the way that we're going to work. And so I'm just saying to everyone, if you take the long-term view, mm -hmm. if you focus your efforts towards the future, which is clearly the fourth industrial revolution. When we come out of this, we will be in the middle of a change of the fourth industrial revolution. And what world will your son and daughter live in? One that is based on fear of 2.5 billion um, news stories around something that's killing less people every day than tuberculosis? We need a media diet. We need a media diet. Right. I think I read this in the four to four hour work week. <laughs> right. We need right. a media, media diet. Right. Turn off the news. Only look at the official news sources, the WHO, the CDC. Do not listen to the pundits telling you what it means or their opinion. How are they qualified? Just listen to the what you need to know to keep your family safe. Invest in the future and launch a new business. I'll give you three data points of why you should launch a new business whenever the times are tough. Number one, when airlines were failing left, right, and center, this new category of airline emerged called the low-cost carrier. Instead of using the spoke and hub methodology, they used point-to-point. -point. The business was launched in an economic downturn in the 1970s when people were queuing up for petrol and uh, airline fuel was just as expensive. What did they do? They launched Southwest Airlines. Mm -hmm. Let me give you another point. Three weeks, a somber point. And yes, this is a human tragedy. And I'm not talking about being just oppor opportunistic, but making a profit for on purpose. And I'll talk more about that. What did they say to Steve Jobs? He hated the press. My old boss hated the press. 
with a passion, except for the few that he sent products early that would write nice things about him. But anyway, he <laughs> generally hated the press. But he called a press conference, and not not even three weeks after 9-11, what was launched? The iPod. And he did question and answer. Thousand, which thousand songs in your pocket. Thousand songs in your pocket. And what did the, you know, the these people that are most people in the press whose entire motto is, if it bleeds, it leads. What do they say to him? Asking him the question afterwards. Why right now would you launch a consumer electronics device? And Steve Jobs looked him right in the eye and he said, you know, right now in history is when people need a little music in their lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Another data point emerging from the GFC, two little businesses, both had their controversial times, <laughs> but one more than the other. Uber and Airbnb both yeah. launched off of the GFC. So when people are asking me, Rispin, you've updated your LinkedIn profile. You're launching two new, new businesses. Why are you doing that? Because I am giving people what they want right now, an ideal view of their perfect future. That's what these businesses are. And so this is what I'm saying to the listeners. Go on a media diet. Do listen to the credible sources. Protect your family. But in the meantime, let's make a profit and let's do it on purpose. Do it because you've got a reason. Why do my investors that are investing in this new uh, business, they say, Rispin, I, you know, I've got lots of money. You're going to show me how to make more money? Not that interesting. Make more money and do good works in the world? That I'm interested in. That's what I want to do. And so that's what people are talking to me about right now. And they want platforms to share their ideas. Your platform, Ruben, is a way <laughs> to share ideas easily, right? That's the whole point. So this is why your business is booming with people who have that mindset. So this is a little bit of a therapy session for me. So <laughs> no, <it's> I, <laughs> I, really, I really appreciate it. I, I just want to present, you know, one more fear that I have right now. Okay. Yes. And uh, you know, I don't want to get too political here, but it's just—it's a very confusing thing for me because there's an election that's happening. Okay. And oh, elections. Oh, is there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the—that's the question. Is there? Because elections require voting, and voting as we have it, which I abhor. I absolutely hate the fact that you have to physically go to a place to vote. <clears throat> I think that's one of the biggest scandals in modern day times. Yes, it is. Because and we have to take off work. Purpose, by the way. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. have to take off work and we have to go. And if we're in a different type of work situation, we can't take off work, right? Anyways, I won't get into that, but I think I just did. But how is there going to be voting for an election that happens to happen in the future right yes. now? Yeah. What does that look like? Is there is and this is what I was talking to about uh, with my wife and I said there is a company there's a company in the private sector that has innovated the ability to vote from home something web based that's not rocket science it's very easy to do that it requires a little bit of security measures some two FA some some sort of tech some sort of a digital fingerprint you know address verification whatnot but there is some company or some entity that has that it just hasn't reached us what is your take on that Craig Okay. So I live in a different country um, on purpose. <laughs> and, we, and we have a different way of voting, but it's not much better. It's really not much better. But in this country, if you don't vote, you get fined. I live in Australia. And if you don't vote, your name isn't crossed off on the register, which is a paper register. They take a ruler and put you, a line through your name. Then you get sent a fine in, in the mail afterwards. And so then talk is that to me a about Hmm. Is that a no, flat no. fine or is it is that a variable based on elements? It's, it's a flat fine. I think it's $50 or something like that. Got it. Yeah. And so, yes, we are using out-of-date technology as well. You know that we can very easily identify individuals um, quite easily. Um, we could, uh, for instance, have uh, somebody else verify who you are 
a, a second person as well. We do this for passports, for instance. We have ways that we can, you know, identify you. Uh, but when it comes to voting in America and around the world, they go to paper. Why? Because they think it's um, uh, unmutable, but it is a mutable thing. Uh, we know that there's fraud always. We know that making people go somewhere to vote is a form of fraud. It is just ridiculous. And what we're what we're seeing right now around the world is a message of hope. Here's a message of hope. I don't know if you've heard, but Japan is dealing with this crisis quite well. Are you hearing that Japan is dealing with this crisis quite well? No, most people are not hearing that Japan is dealing with this cri crisis right well. Why? Because what did they do? They said to all their citizens, we're going to track your social interactions. We're going to track your social interactions to warn you um, to contact those people you've been in touch with if you become infected. And what did the society say? Okay, they're doing this in South Korea. There's seven or eight different examples of countries that are using mobile technology to see who's work, who's had contact with who. And if we did that in America, everybody's head would explode, yes. right? <laughs> no, what about privacy? We don't have privacy. Privacy is a fallacy. If you think you've got privacy, no. And we've got the technology. We could have a blockchain based and everybody's going to go, oh, blockchain, we can't put voting on the blockchain. I have to tell you, I'm involved with projects that's um, around um, modern human slavery, Ruben. Mm. And what do you mean there by are that? People, there are people being kidnapped in Thailand, put on pirate ships and forced to, shit, uh, to fish. And if they don't fish well, they shoot them in the head and they push them overboard and they're never to be seen again. And this is part of what I call blood fish, blood fish, like blood diamonds. And people don't tell you that white fish that you're eating when you get your fish and chips or whatever you get um, is blood fish. And what we're, what I'm involved in is a way for to use a $29 Android device that a certified fisherman who employs people and pays them a wage can take a picture of a fish, can do a molecular scan at that fish, put them onto the blockchain. It can travel all the way to Sydney uh, Harbor, go to the fish markets, and be. And you can measure the provenance. There are companies already working on this. If we can't do that, if we can't do a molecular scan of a fish and track it all the way through and see whether it's involved with modern human uh, slavery, we can do this, and so why can't we wow. vote with our mobile? Frickin' why can't we vote with our mobile? And yes, not everybody has them. My 98-year-old father-in-law, who's in a memory care unit, right. you know, he's not going to have access to it, but his grandkids do, and they can turn up, and they can take a picture of his face and do facial recognition, and he can push the button, and they can verify they know them, and the nurse can say, I'm not related to this person. And so what we need to do, Ruben, this is, um, I know what you're bringing up. You're worried about the election. Uh, the election is probably going to be canceled. And if, if it is, what are we going to do? Oh, then we're going to start remote working and find that it's really productive, <laughs> right? Hopefully, or they're going to delay it. And what, what do we do then? Right? So, so, all right. So I got, I've got my little, little boy here next to me and, uh, yeah. six years old. And I wanted to kind of bring into this, bring him into this convo, if that's all right, yes. Craig. So one of the things Hi. that I've noticed and the, the thing that's really interesting is that you, you mentioned that it's, it's important to spend time with family and to get perspective. Yes. You want to, you want to take yes. that out? All right. Let's take that. Yes. Let's, we'll take yeah. the headset headphones out so that Donnie yes. can hear. And <laughs> one of the, one of the things that, that I have realized, Donnie, is that I have perspective on what you're going through in your life because I now can see the things that you're learning. So I have seen some of the things that you're learning in your school. And I've realized one thing, Donnie, is that you are, is that you are not challenged with your math. <laughs> Donnie is not challenged. And you, and you tell me, are you challenged with your math right now at school? No, you're not. So has playing darts and doing multiplication and doing addition and division, has that helped you to make, make you more challenged? Be 
Not really? Well, maybe that's too easy for you, too. <laughs> but, but anyways, what I've noticed is that gaining that perspective is that I need to do a better job investing. Yeah. All right, Donnie, if you want to be in this video, you can be in this video. You want to be in it? You can either be in it or you can, you can give us the... You, you got to be in it. You can't just like break the microphone stand. That's not very nice. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's given me perspective. And, but I think the thing that you mentioned in terms of the fact that there is hope and that the things that we're doing right now, that we, we can be able to look in the future and say, you know what, that was a thing of the past. And that's something yes. that we went through. That, that is kind of something that I think personally that I need to hear. And Donnie, yeah. Yes. So this is just a little blip. It's a blip on the long-term thinking, right? And if you take this long-term view, if you look at the stock market over decades, when you, you can't even see the GFC, it's just a little flattening. It's not this crash. It's not this crash. And so I thought I would uh, share with you my screen. This is my virtual portfolio. So this is a, uh, it's monopoly money, it's not real money, but this is the portfolio that I've been advising many of my wealthy clients, my family offices, uh, wealthy entrepreneurs who um, decide that they want to invest in the future. And they say, Rispin, who should we invest in? Mm. And I say, what you want to invest in are the companies that are driving the future. And you might think that's startups, and some startups will be listed organizations soon. But but you, it's hard to invest in them, and you have to invest in a hundred of them, and only one is really successful. Why don't we invest in multi-billion-dollar organizations that are clearly going to be part of the future? Well, and you know those, what I want to invest in is is some of those Chrome extensions that I'm seeing in your uh, in in your browser. <laughs> I have lots of them. <laughs> I have lots of them, and like three of them for uh, security. But anyway. nice, nice. So yeah, and then I just if you, you could just um, speak speak to this as well, just for audio listeners. Sure. So th what I, what you're seeing here is a portfolio of a bunch of different companies that are in every area you could imagine of the fourth industrial revolution, telecommunications. Let me give you a data point of the fourth industrial revolution around telecommunications. Data point number one, $12 trillion. It is inevitable, regardless of what we're going on in the world right now, that every telecommunication communication company in the world is gonna upgrade to 5G. Wouldn't you agree, Ruben? Absolutely, yes. So the minimum cost to do that it's 12, 12 trillion dollars. If you knew that now, wouldn't you be investing in the companies that are driving the fourth industrial revolution, specifically the 5G space? And if I mean, you would, then you'd put you make a bet on the future. And you say the market's down right now, it's crashed just a few days ago, the most that it was ever in the GFC. All my family offices, my family called me, they said, Craig, is it time to invest right now? I said, uh, hopefully I've trained you well. What do you think? They said, <laughs> yeah, we're buying. We're buying. Why? Because they know in the long term, this is just a blip. It's just mm -hmm. a blip. So this portfolio grew pretty steadily, went flat a little bit in 2018. And then again, November 2018, and then again, it went a little flat in November. And look at this. So right now, what you're seeing is $30,000 roughly invested in 2013 in a, few, a couple dozen companies driving the, the fourth industrial revolution is now worth today $250,000. And my platform for the annual return right now is 98.25%. So I don't know what you're getting on your retirement investment, Ruben. And I know you're investing all your money in your startup, but uh, I don't know if you all do All eggs that. in one basket. 
Yeah, I know. I know. I deal with a lot of startups. But here's the thing. Even my successful entrepreneurs that now have multi-billion dollar listed companies that used to be startups, and I have quite a few clients in that category. Um, and so they know all about data centers. And so they're oh, yeah. all invested in data centers. And now they're multi-millionaires. And I say, so are you investing in the future of data centers and IoT and um, genomics? You've heard about these things. Are you invested in this? And you know what they say, Ruben? What's that? Uh, not really. I go, really? Come on. <laughs> Imagine if you got a 98% return. What would you do for your family? If your family were completely covered, they were protected, you built a financial moat around them, wouldn't you then say, let's help my family help others? Of course you would. Wouldn't you like to play this game with me? Let's all invest in this fourth industrial revolution. Let's check our strategy. And that's how I want to help you, Ruben. I want to help all of your listeners and viewers to check their strategy for the future. Because all this is, is proof that if you have a long-term view and invest in the future, which this is a fourth industrial revolution portfolio, you will get great results, many times more than any financial advisor will ever tell you about. And the reason for this is they're very limited in what they can tell you. I presented part of this at a forum a couple, three weeks ago. One of the chief economists for a huge mer merchant bank went on stage after me, after I presented this. And what did he say? He said, man, you never want to take the stage after a futurist. <laughs> Craig is talking about <laughs> exponential possibilities and getting those kind of returns. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to really struggle. He said, I guess it's just a completely different mindset. Oh, man, that's interesting. I know. I know. Yeah. I think uh, two quick points. I think the reason why people don't invest, and, and you, you definitely know this, but I think it's just interesting to, to talk about really. I think the reason why people don't invest into the things that they totally believe in. And, and, and many of them understand deeply. And understand deeply and use end, every yes. single day is, is, because, is, is maybe not because they don't believe in the future of that, but it's because they just don't understand it. And they feel like once they put money into an unsecured market, in the form of, of an investment without a guaranteed return or the FDIC to back their investment that all of a sudden we're back to fear. Yeah, they think it's risk. Yeah. Because they see it as risk. This is their worldview. The entire banking sector is based on risk. Right. Well, and that's interesting because when you put your money that into way. that bank, when you put your money into that bank, yeah, yeah, maybe it's F FDIC insured, but there were some moments when I said, you know what, is my money safe in the bank? You know, less than that. I think in, in the U.S., I think it's $100,000 per individual that's FDIC insured, uh, $200,000 for, for joint. But yeah, or, or I think it's it might be more than that now. Um, I have to I have to fact check. Yeah. That, but and here's the thing. You don't have to be a millionaire to come up with $30,000 or frankly, $3,000. Yeah. And, so, and I bet as a parent, you're investing in your children's education fund. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you're not getting any kind of returns like this. Yeah. And yeah. so what I'm saying is, if you deeply understand this, and Ruben, you do, you're one of the few people that I speak to that really understands what I'm talking about, right? And, and I have to tell you, if you've got all your money in a risk-based investment framework, the return is going to be minimal. Mm. How are you going to invest in your children's future? I'm saying take 5%, 5% of that and get a return like this. And then ask yourself, have I been a good steward for my family? Have I done the right thing? Am I willing to risk, risk 5% <laughs> and get a return? And then what will happen is you'll learn, wow, I can do this all the time. Yeah. I can do this all the time. Mm -hmm. And many, many, many of my friends have been doing this for years now. And they say, thank you, Craig. Thank you. 
because we don't have to be panicked right now. Right. Right. Well, let's talk about that 5% for a second and let's talk about how we can be a little bit bullish right now. And let's talk about leverage because, yeah. <laughs> you know, liquidity is great. Liquidity is, is king and queen. That's for sure. But yeah. what is your take right now on leverage? Because that elements a new that that introduces a new element of, of risk per se. So what is your take? Yeah. On that? Yeah. Um, you don't have to use leverage. Huh. You don't have to use options. Uh, but I have clients who are experts in leverage. It's called options in the equity market, where you can multiply your upside, but you can also, if you're not careful, multiply your downside as right. well. And, you know, I have friends- which, which is a definition of gambling, if last yeah, I checked. It is, it is. But I mean, everyone will tell you that you invest in anything like a startup, there's some risk, right? right. <laughs> right? So you're already taking that risk. Friends, and families, I, and fools. Yes, that's right. That's right. So listen, what I'm saying is that there's an opportunity to have this mindset and see what it returns for you. And so turn off the news, have a framework, you know, do get all the official announcements, make sure your family's covered. But please, please, please invest in things. And I'm, I'm not asking for your money. I'm just pointing you in the right direction. I don't want your money, but I don't want you to put your money in an account that's going to pay you 1%, half a percent, 3% maybe. I mean, it's just nuts Yeah, because well, it's all about than, managing risk. Well, that's less than the inflation rate. So you're exactly you're losing exactly. money actually. Yeah. And so let's talk about leverage, real leverage. Let me show you real leverage. I'm going to share my screen again and show you how you can get leverage. And Ruben, you'll know all about this, but maybe- uh, I, I probably won't, but here's here's a question that I have for you is that there are some there are some platforms that people use so that they can share stock picks. And, yes. you know, I don't, I don't want to, again, I don't want to come off as like a capitalist right now when the sky is falling per se. I, I say that jokingly, but- but uh, the sky is not falling. We do have hope here. But are, do you participate in one of those? Do you have something shareable that's public that we could put, perhaps a link? I know that there's some, some great ways to, to do that. If not, that's Yes, cool. I but. do. But you should also know, this is what I've learned after getting up on stage for 25 years and showing all of these things to my audiences and less than 1% doing anything around it. Mm. Less than 1% Ruben would step out of the back of the room, pull out their phone and go, Oh, I've never heard of Nvidia before. Rispin just said they're going to be in three separate trillion dollar markets, self-driving cars, data centers and esports. This was years ago. Right. Um, and I think I'll take action on it. But one guy did, his name was Peter. And he came to me and he said, can I hire you to come down every month to my office and present for 45 minutes on one of these areas of the fourth industrial revolution, as we now call it. I had these, this Venn diagram that the fourth industrial revolution that World Economic Forum now uses. So I love that they endorse my thinking. <laughs> <laughs> or validate what I've been talking about for many, many years before they did. But anyway, uh, this is um, what I've been sharing. And I didn't know what he was doing. And this is the model. So I could say, yes, I'll put it online, Ruben. But you know what? People won't take action. Less than 1% will. Peter will. I yeah, Peter will. Peter went out and invested in it. He got his family invested in it. Then he shared with his clients, look at what my family's doing, private wealth individuals, sports stars, a few others. And they're like, wow, this is fantastic. Give us more. And so for six years, I flew down to Melbourne. I would present, I'd go out the door. I didn't know what, what was going on. Peter was taking notes like crazy. And I, I thought, oh, he's, he's, he's my best student. He's applying all the ideas. He's investing in these companies that I'm talking about. He's got this futuristic mindset now. 
but what I re what I found out, he revealed to me later, was he wasn't just taking good notes. He was communicating in real time to his family, three of his sons that run his, or two sons and a daughter that run his private wealth business. And he was saying, Walt Craig's presenting right now, he's mentioned NVIDIA. Please do a profile of NVIDIA. We would, I'm thinking we might want to invest in them. I would walk out of that meeting. I would get on a plane and fly back to Sydney. He would say to his clients that were sitting around the table, I'm personally investing $50,000 in, in NVIDIA. Would anybody else like to go in as well? We'll help you execute that. And some of them would, some of them wouldn't. I'd come back next month. I would present on another topic. They do the same thing. And when I would leave, they would talk about, so all the people that invested a month ago, how are you doing? Oh, how, holy cow, did you see this? Right. And the people who didn't invest kicked themselves because they didn't. So this is what I've learned, and we've proven this model. If you don't have the education so you deeply understand the market and who are driving that, and that you don't have to invest just in only in startups, Ruben, but you can also invest in equities for your family's future, in listed companies that are worth billions of dollars, then, then you have another way of leveraging what you know. And so let's talk about leverage. If you believe that the World Economic Forum is saying that the digital, biological, physical worlds are fusing together, and this is what's going to create more wealth will be created in the next 20 years, Ruben, than ever before in history. Do you believe that? Or do you think of that as a fallacy? I'm in. I believe it. Yes. And more philanthropy will be done in the next 20 years than ever before. Do you believe that? I do. After this? Oh, my goodness. Yes. All, all I'm all I'm personally feeling in this day and age right now is just a massive amount of empathy. When I walk outside my front door and I see the delivery guy bringing the Amazon package and the trash guy picking up what it, I, all I feel is like compassion and and forget humans. I mean, humans are the quote unquote enemy in this situation right now. It's it's nature, really. It is. It is. And so what I could say to you, Ruben, is let's check your strategy, your strategy investing in your startup and potentially investing equities in the future. And let me give you one example of a startup who's come to me and this is what they've said to me. Craig, I want you to, to test our strategy. We're working in virtual reality. I go ding, 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 virtual reality. Okay, that's one of the drivers, but the new wealth will come from the fusion, not just digital, not just digital, the fusion of digital, biological, and physical systems. And so when this startup said to me, we're using virtual reality not to play games, but to help with biological treatment of the brain, human brains, and specifically helping with PTSD. Mm -hmm. And we think we can help using virtual, using virtual reality better than any drugs they, they can ever take through virtual reality. But Craig, every health professional I present this to says you're just playing games. This is not reality. Mm -hmm. And they, we can't get any clinical trials. Or, and I said, you don't need that. All you need to do is create the movement. It is the virtual, the PTSD virtual reality treatment movement. Just put it out there and see who turns up. And Ruben, how many people are gonna turn up? 1%. No, oh, the turn up is, is a lot of people, but the adoption is much less. Yes. And the reason is you have to ha have this education. You need three points. You need education, what is possible. You need to ask them to take action. Then you have to put them into a peer group so they can kick themselves when they don't take the medicine, essentially. Right? So how do you get leverage? This is how you get leverage in this new world. You say, this time will pass too. I will take care of my family. I will invest in the future and I will serve others because I'm going to be massively wealthy. 
<laughs> this is the this is the mindset you have to have. And if you don't have this right now, I'm inviting you to join us. <laughs> Not join this program or subscribe to my new startup, but just invite you to have this mindset. The mindset that every dad should have. Hmm. Every mom should have. Because it's about your little ones that you have with you, right? Charity starts so, at home. It does. It does. So take care of your family first. And when you've built that financial mode around your family, serve others. The greatest thing I ever learned from my father was, let's go to the old person's home and just have a chat. Right. Right. How many of uh, parents take young people? Why, dad, I'd ask, why do we need go talk to old people, people that aren't our relatives? Why? Because they've got the best stories to tell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've got the best stories to tell. We're not going to help them. We're going to help you. Mm. Well, what? I don't get that. And all we do is serve them a little tea and a sandwich and set and say, tell us about your lives. And I'm only on stage now because I've got all these stories that I collected when I was 10, when I was 12. I have to tell you, I didn't see it at the time, but it was about when you serve other people, you're served right? So check your strategy, people. Take a screenshot of this. If you don't have it, just Google um, fourth industrial revolution Venn diagram. You'll find it. And what does it have? It's got cloud computing, big data, virtual reality, augmented reality, and the, the, the world of startups, many, many of them have been talking about the internet of things and artificial intelligence, but it's the intersection of these things that is the future, and so I have to show you one more chart. I don't. I don't see. Uh, I don't see rideshare scooter companies on here. No, they're not. <laughs> they're so not there. <laughs> they're so not there. <laughs> they're so not there, Ruben. Yeah. So here's here's the uh, chart, the chart of hope that I hope you see. And for our just our listeners, if you Google the National Human Genome Research Institute and Moore's Law ver, uh, versus DNA sequencing, you'll find this chart. And uh, Ruben, you're part of the IT ind industry that has gone through massive, massive change, all thanks to Moore's Law. And just see the massive change that we've been through, incredible um, bandwidth, storage, um, processors, transistors, uh, you know, we, we can we can see it, we can feel it, we can we can see that. But the fourth industrial revolution, where technology impacts biology, where personalized medicine and gene sequencing comes together, that future will be seven or eight times faster, or what they're saying at the World Economic Forum, and I believe them, because it's not just uh, Professor Klaus, we call him, <laughs> but he's not a professor. He's the founder of the World Economic Forum. He surveyed 1,800 of their leaders and asked them, what do you think about this in the future? So this is crowdsourced data. What did they say? Genome sequencing will save the world. It will save the world or it could wipe us off as well. But anyway, we have to have these conversations. And if you look at that now, Moore's law is that steady decline. That's a logarithmic uh, scale of 10 times, right? Down the side. So that's Moore's law, the steady downward cost of technology. Mm. And look at the cost of gene sequencing, which is the test that we're using to test for the coronavirus. So this is the world that we're living in. The, not me, 1,800 crowdsourced ideas of the world's leaders, plus the World Economic Forum says that the fourth industrial revolution will be 100 times bigger. Do you believe me, Ruben? Maybe more. Yes, it's more than 100 times. It's many times more than 100 times. You can see it because it costs 10 cents, 10 cents to sequence DNA. It cost $3 billion the first time Craig Venter 
and um, Francis, uh, I've forgotten his first name, both who won, uh, the, you know, the innovation medal, the presidential model for s sequencing the human genome. That cost $3 billion. It now costs 10 cents. This is the hope for your family. This is where we're going, and it's not scooter business. <laughs> <laughs> it's the intersection, clearly, of digital and biological worlds. Right? Just like truly, virtual truly. reality treating the human brain for PA. I said, you are on trend. I will do anything that you want me do, to do to help you. I said to this startup, because you're totally on trend and serving probably a billion people that need help. Right? Easily, easily. Easily, easily, easily. So, uh, man, I could go on forever, but yes it's trying times it's a human tragedy keep your family safe but focus on the future test your strategy am i investing in the future or the past how am i navigating my business and my personal life through these massive changes how do i as a father as a human capitalize on the enormous wealth generated from the fourth industrial revolution to create good impact in society. So I launched this uh, four weeks ago, Ruben, a new business called Explore Future Wealth, which is a education program where every single month we cover one area, it might be 5G, might be the Internet of Things, might be AI. We give our clients a short list, a portfolio of 10 to 12 companies, and we say, here it is, it's all yours, you can invest or not. But next month, will you come back and tell us what you've done and share with others? And it's this combination of education, giving them, here's the treatment plan, and then checking in whether they've taken the medicine or not. <laughs> it's kind of like a 12-step program, Ruben, <laughs> but it's a 10-step program. Yeah. And, and I have to tell you, without the peer pressure of the people around the poker table to make you go all in, you won't do it, will you? Right. You have to be around people who think this way all the time. And if you can't do it face-to-face, -face, like we do barbecues in the Futurist Association, well, all our barbecues are virtual barbecues now. There's like, grab your beer, get your barbecue, let's catch up at 4 p.m. on a Friday, and let's talk about hope. Let's talk about our preferred future outcome. Not our worst-case scenario, that's what the news is talking about. Let's talk about our preferred scenario. Let's do something about it. And I have to tell you, you feel much better <laughs> when you have a long-term point of view. You're not caught up with two and a half billion negative messages infecting your brain. So Ruben, turn off the news. Invest in the future, invest in your startup. And once you get a little cash, $3,000, $30,000, you don't have to be a millionaire to, you know, take the little 5% and apply it and teach your kids how to invest in the future. The most, by, by learning from people from our past. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. People who have a long-term view, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> My father-in-law is 98 years old. All he can talk about is the day that he graduated now, right? Um, he can tell you in detail. He can't remember anything that's happened right now, but he can tell you that he graduated in December of 41. You know what happened in December of 41? Pearl Harbor happened, mm. right? And when you have this long-term view of, yeah, okay, we had that war and we had that war and that was a terrible thing. That was polio was a human tragedy. It was a human tragedy. We solved it. We're going to solve this one, but are you going to cause yourself and your family severe mental stress in the meantime? You know how our brains are made? They're made through neural connections. The more that we're in this feedback loop of the world is going to hell in a hand basket, the more your brain will believe it. The more data points you will see confirming it. Turn off the news. Please <laughs> turn Please. off the news. <laughs>
take take a media diet i i agree with that yes. this, if there's ever a time to to cord cut now now is the time yes and for continued learning for yourself and your listeners viewers there's this great um uh info graphics producer he's uh, a, a great leader of this community a data scientist and journalist you probably know who he is ruben his name is david mccandless mm. and he has a website called informationisbeautiful.net and at, at informationisbeautiful.net he has a the cova virus data set and in it he has these slides that show you how the press has been making mountains out of molehills and how many other infectious diseases um, are you know cause are causing more people to die to, uh, today than ever before than than the, the viruses and so I'll show you just one for your yeah I think well I think the legitimate concern is the virality of the coronavirus COVID-19 and then also the the strength of it and those two things combined from some elements from the common flu and some elements from like a well, SARS. let me show you the facts so you don't base your feelings <laughs> based on um, anecdotal evidence. All right. So mentions in the media, COVID-19. This is uh, just a few days out of uh, date. Uh, 2.1 billion compared to SARS, MERS, Ebola. Look on the left. How many people are dying right now from the, the virus, not as many as 3,000 for tuberculosis, 2430 for hepatitis B, pneumonia, 2216, HIV AIDS that we talked about, still 2,110. And why do we have 2.1 billion news stories about it? Because it's an entire industry based on if it bleeds, it leads right ridiculous ridiculous well yeah that's that makes sense to me i mean that's that's the media frenzy around the whole thing you know i think it that is. i think that on one hand with facts with real information there are things that we can do right now to yes. to, to to stay safe japan knows china knows yeah. south korea knows why aren't we saying we will do what the data tells us right why aren't we doing that? Why? Because um, media pundits have cast doubt on our scientists. Scientists that we know, know base everything they do on facts. Every scientist is now questioned whether they've fiddled their numbers. Well, there's this thing called peer review, and most pundits have zero of it. <laughs> you know? Uh, anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's mountains out of molehills. It's mountains out of molehills. David McCallum's information is beautiful.net. Get the COVID-19 hashtag coronavirus data pack and see what the real facts are. The real facts are this is a dangerous virus if you get it, if you have a pre-existing condition cardiovascular disease, diabetes, um, COPD, respiratory disease, uh, high blood pressure, cancer. If you get it, you're gonna have serious problems, complications, and your chances of fatality are significantly higher than the rest of the population. Your kids, if they don't have asthma, if they don't have diabetes, they are low risk and will probably come through this less than you know uh your kids are under nine yeah yeah zero zero percent right now it's so small but they could be at risk they could have allergies they could have asthma they could have diabetes and if they do then they're really at risk and so what do we know that we need to be doing we need to be uh locking down and we need to do that for at least two weeks, probably four weeks. 
If we do that, we can knock this on its head. We know how we have to change our behavior. Or our leaders saying, we know how, to, how we have to change our behavior. Here are the stats. Let's do this now. No, they're going, uh, let's just see, wait and see what happens. <laughs> Wrong yeah. approach. That's how you kill people. That's how you kill people. So this is not political, Ruben. This is not political. This is fact. That, that's fair. So here's here's some takeaways that I have for sure. So number one is that you know fortunes are made in recessions. We've seen that for so so many for so many years for so many people. Um, yes. Now is the time to invest into ourselves, invest into the future, invest into hope. Now is not time to to feel fear and to want to freeze and to not do anything. It's ways to it's 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 a matter of a reinvention or a new perspective. You know, I think another thing is that we all need to take a little bit of a media diet right now because the media yep. and the information and the fear, it's it's effing us. It does up. not serve us. Does yeah. not serve us. And people who work at these who used to work at these companies who are spreading all these for false news, they are the ones that are screaming, don't let your kids on Facebook. Right. <laughs> right? right. We infected your brain. I used to work there. Don't do it. <laughs> I would not let my kids on Facebook, right? These yeah. are people who used to work at Facebook, be right. up there. Why wouldn't we listen to them? Right. Nobody's right. listening to them. Uh, credible sources is another one. Let's look at the CDC website. Let's look at the WHO. Those yep. are some two factual sources. That's a really good place that we'd be sticking to. And then I think overall, it's just let's, let's keep hope. Let's maintain hope, you know, and let's yes. act based on hope. Um, while yes. still staying the f home for just two to four weeks, just just don't think about hey, it. Just stay home. And business leaders are doing it, Ruben. Here's go a clean great your news. garage. Go clean business. your garage. Mow the lawn. You know, <laughs> business leaders here in Australia, all with the the leadership of the founder, co-founder of Canva, said, "Sign this petition. We need to send our workers home." Yeah. Yeah, and why? Yeah, everybody's worried about the, uh, it's called R factor, R zero factor or R not. How contagious is it? Everybody's, oh, it's terribly contagious. I'm telling you, if you don't go out, it's not very contagious. You might con infect someone else if you in your family, but it's COVID is two or two to 3.1 um, RO factor. Measles? You don't want to go anywhere near it. It's 11 to 18. 11 to 18. Is anybody telling you measles is much more, uh, you know, infectious than, uh, than COVID? No, they're saying this is going to kill you. People die from measles every day. Right? But there are people saying don't inoculate your kids. Really? Really, people? I mean, I didn't want to go there, but I have to go there. We have the facts. We have the facts. Please do not listen to pundits who don't have the facts. Yeah. Go with the facts. Anyway, it, sorry. You got me on my soapbox. <laughs> no, man. No, man. That's that's real. That's real. I think this is about perspective and it's about truth, you know, and I think that that's where we need to be rooted in. And it, it's, it's, it's really on us to go and seek that truth and yes. to not be, be misled per se. No, no. Now, listen, if any of your um, listeners are interested in the th ideas that I'm talking about, they can just uh, go to futuretrendsgroup.com. Future uh, let me put that right here. Futuretrendsgroup.com. Yeah. yeah. And or connect to me on LinkedIn. It's Craig Rispin, R-I-S as in Sam, P as in Paul, I-N. Send me a LinkedIn request. I'd love to share these ideas with you. I would love to share a company or two with you that you should invest in today. But if you want a true learning experience, it requires education, peer pressure, and a diagnosis. So these three things, and that's what I'm launching right now, which is Explore Future Wealth. And the number of people who are coming to me, Ruben, and saying, um, can I bring my kids along to this? I said, of course you can. Of course you can. It's going to be online. Sit your kids there and let them learn. You'll be surprised what young kids can pick up when they hear from people with ideas. I know I put my kids in front of TED Talks when they were little, and I'd ask them, what did you learn from that? 
and they would tell me things that I couldn't believe that they got from those TED Talks. Perfect example of put your kids in front of things that are mind expansive instead of the news. Turn the news off. Turn the news off. Love it, man. I really appreciate the time here, Craig. Sure, Ruben. I really Anything appreciate I can it. do to help you because your platform is for my co-founder to get her message out to the people that are hurting right now with PTSD, that there's a solution that the medical community is not talking to them about. Perfect way. But she's not very cluey with technology. And so that's why dub is a perfect thing for her <laughs> because, you know, you don't have to be a technical expert to do it. It's, you know, it's done old language. It's like a wizard, right? <laughs> it steps you through. Remember we had those on Microsoft? <laughs> it steps you through and boom, it's out to LinkedIn. Boom, it's out to Twitter. It's fantastic. I love what you're doing. And especially when you intersect it with people who are out there really to change the world and serve other people. I think it's magic. I think it's magic. Thank you so much, Craig. This is the new handshake. Namaste. I see the light in you and invite you to see the light within me. Thank you, my friend. Love talking to you. Let's let's talk again soon. Absolutely.